The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. Jerry Agar is here from the Jerry Agar Show. Rob Davis, former city councilor, founder of Rob Davis Associates. And Mitzi Hunter is here, former MPP for Scarborough and mayoral candidate. Good to have you all. And you know what? Let's start with an oddball thing, especially because some of you have been in politics. But we were talking this morning to the resident in a downtown neighborhood where they've this woman's been parking a motorhome since 2018. And she uses it like a bunkie. I mean, she will sit in it with the engine idling to charge the battery and run the stove, and she'll have lunch with friends. She'll open the awning over the sidewalk. And yesterday, the local city councillor said he's not going to do anything about it, and city officials said they're not going to do anything about it. Rob Davis, you used to be a city councillor. What say you? I say uh, order the tow trucks. Uh, you know, it's not really an appropriate use of, uh, of, of the city road allowance. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, Roads are for apparently cars and some bikes uh, and not necessarily for camping out in your neighborhood. So I, I would uh, I would be looking at ways in which bylaw could create a circumstance where that gets moved. Um, it's just not appropriate. Yeah. And Mincy Hunter, the complicating factor is she has one of those signs that says that she has a disability. Therefore, you can pretty well do whatever you want. Yeah, but there are so many rules in the city of how you can park on the roads. You can't even have a hot dog stand in the city without uh, a permit. So I don't know how this has been allowed to go on for so long without her camper being ticketed and, um, you know, asked to be moved and her neighbors. So it just seems as if she's taking advantage of a loophole and having a good old time with the camper. Jerry Agar was mentioning she uses it kind of as an extension of her condo, and I did a little Googling this morning and discovered she's also saving a lot of money because it would cost her about 50 to 60 bucks a week to store it somewhere else. Okay, that may be part of it. Is it parked on a real busy street? I think it's on Girard. Okay, like that's what I would want to know. How much of a problem, is this a problem notionally? People just don't like that she's parked there? Or in fact, is she impeding traffic? I don't think she's blocking traffic, but apparently sometimes she blocks a bike lane. And the other issue would be lost revenue for the city, because if she's parked in three spaces, they can't charge somebody else to park there. Well, uh, does she pay a parking fee? No. She has a disability. Is there a parking requirement, a parking fee requirement on that street? Uh, Yes. Okay, well, she should pay that. Okay, but you don't because you can do anything you want when you have one of those uh, things on your dashboard. Uh, TDSB has dropped anti-racism, a module that was posted on the website. It's not part of the curriculum, but it was a module, and the idea was teachers could familiarize themselves with the issues, and then if they wanted to strike up a conversation or lead a roundtable about race, they would have the working materials. Uh, Mitzi Hunter, I'm going to read the whole document, but I read portions of it this morning and when they start getting into colonialism and how the education system has been rigged for straight white men I think this sounds more like a second year essay at the U of T what do you say well I think that it's important we understand the the history and if you go all the way back to how our education system was founded. Uh, Egerton Ryerson, um, who set up our education system, did set it up on the basis of segregation. In- Indigenous and Black students were not allowed to go to the same schools and they weren't funded at the same level as, as white students in our education system. It's, that's just part of the reality and part of the fact. 
And it wasn't until in the 60s when Leonard Braithwaite, the first black man elected in our provincial parliament, said to the premier at the time, you know, there's there's no place for this old race law in Ontario. That's how long that law was still on the books. And so the TDSB has to find a way of fast forwarding to modern times of explaining to students and and also equipping teachers and educators with tools and and they have to find a way of doing that now if if what they've put together is divisive as the ministry has said then that has to be re- reviewed but it can't be denied we can't pretend that that type of past did not happen here in Ontario and doesn't have an effect on our system today. Okay, um, generally, I'm in agreement with what Mitzi has said here, but I think the laudable, noble goal of inclusivity is not served by what I see in uh, this particular piece of material, because it just came across to me as, let's teach the kids about how evil white people are. Well, Rob Davis, it seems to reverberate a bit from arguments they're having in the states. And the problem would be, like, I looked at this and it seems like a radical document to me. But then on the flip side, you have people saying you can't teach about slavery in the schools because it makes white people feel bad. Well, sorry. I mean, you know, there's a saying about, you know, white tears, uh, you know, people being upset when they're confronted with the truth. I'm interested in, in how this was removed more than what the content was. And, you know, Mitzi was a former minister of, uh, of education. What a lot of people don't understand is that ministers of education exert a tremendous amount of influence on school boards. Um, there was a change to the Education Act that made directors of education accountable to both to the school board and to the school trust and to the minister of education. And so I'm wondering whether the removal of this module was directed specifically from uh, Minister Lecce's office, or whether this is something that the director decided to remove uh, on on his own accord. Um, I've been, you know, at that sharp end of the of the minister uh, when I was a school trustee. Uh, Kathleen Wynne was the uh, was the uh, minister of education, and uh, I've uh, often felt the wrath of the minister's office when uh, proposing certain things at the school board. So I'm wondering how this came to be. Why was it removed? Um, and whether or not there's a, a soft or a compromise, a way of making sure that teachers have the resources they need to teach kids about history, because history is history. Um, but the process by which this gets removed, I think, is a more interesting question. Okay, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on if people get upset because they hear that slavery existed, well, boo-hoo, and I'll go along with you on that. But uh, do we do that by teaching that white people are uh, horrible? Because that's where this program seems to come from. Well, listen, some because of my slavery best wasn't something people. that was only perpetrated by white people on this planet. Oh, absolutely not. But North American slavery is different than world slavery. And they're, they're basically teaching North American or European history. Mitzi, did you have any thoughts on what Rob Davis was saying? I mean, you probably don't have any special knowledge about what happened this time, but any background? Well, I mean, Rob is correct that the, you know, the CEO of our school system is really the director of education, right? The, we've got got these individuals that we hold accountable for the curriculum delivery, and, and they are accountable to the minister as well as to the school board. And I, I do think that's actually a very good thing, Rob, having been the minister of education, you want to have the assurance that the curriculum is being followed. And where well, there are problems, you want to have a way of resolving them. Yeah, but if you'll pardon the pun, 
you can't serve two masters. And that's the biggest problem with that change in, in uh, the Education Act back then. You have a director of education who's supposed to be uh, hired by the school trustees, but, but at the same time, uh, accountable to the Minister of Education who has no way of reviewing whether or not they're doing a good or a bad job. It's a, it's a bad way of running an, a, a two or three billion dollar organization. The Ford government is going to introduce a law that would punish local officials, elected officials, who harass staff coming soon. And Jerry, when I saw that, I thought, oh, here we are creating another special category for a law that isn't necessary. But then it occurred to me, they're not conventional employees. They can't be fired. Well, that's where the government is going to have to be really careful because, uh, you know, you look at it on the surface. I'm sure that the general public, if you said to them, do you think we should be able to fire a public official or a high, uh, an elected official who is harassing the staff? Um, a lot of people just reflexively, knee jerk, would say yes, because they, you don't want people to have to go to work in an unsafe environment. We need a better definition of what harassment actually is from, uh, you know, a casual insult or to actual physical assault. We need better definitions. And secondly, we need to be really careful about allowing some politicians to find a way to get rid of another one. Um, you have to very seriously protect the idea that the public elected this person. Well, Rob Davis, some people are arguing that, okay, maybe you're a horrible person in the office place, but it becomes public knowledge and you probably won't win the next election. Well, there's a famous example in Brampton, uh, a regional yes. councillor uh, who I'll sh shall remain nameless, uh, Gurpreet Dillon, was accused of sexually harassing a woman on a business trip in Turkey. Uh, there was a recording of the alleged assault and the alleged harassment, and the city of Brampton was only able to suspend that individual's pay for up to 90 days. The integrity commissioner lamented that she didn't have the authority to remove him from office. Those who were defending Mr. Dillon said, well, the woman should simply go back to Turkey and have him charged. Of course, Turkey is a country in which women who've been sexually assaulted uh, um, uh, don't get justice if, if their perpetrator agrees to marry them. So this wasn't the best place for her to be able to get justice, and she wasn't able to get justice in Canada. Gurpreet Dillon only lost by 200 votes in the last municipal election following his, uh, his, his, his suspension from uh, Brampton City Council. There is a problem, and just because you are found guilty by an integrity commissioner doesn't mean the voters are going to exert their wrath on you. And so it, this law, I mean, it's a tough one. I support it. I think we have to make sure that there's a way that doesn't um, uh, suspend the rights of, of those elected officials, but at the same time protects employees and members of the public, because city councillors and elected officials are not actually employees, they are employers. And they exert a tremendous amount of influence over the people under them. We also have to protect the voters. Absolutely. So not a lot of time on the clock, but Stats Canada reporting millennials now outnumber boomers. And Jerry, you're officially, I was looking at the chart, you're a boomer. Okay. Okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about being outnumbered by the millennials? Okay, well, my producer is officially a uh, uh, millennial. And he said, hey, we're taking over. We're going to have all your houses. I said, you can't afford them. And he said, well, yeah. <laughs> Mitzi Hunter, I have no idea how, uh, what your age is, and you don't have to say, but I think you and I are both Xers. <laughs> Absolutely. We're the connector that makes sense of the boomers and the millennials and the Gen Zs. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we knew this day would come. 
and and it's finally here and let's see the effect that it has on all the decisions that have to be made politically and otherwise all right so let's start taking in all the places rob but 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 john the reason you don't know mitzi's age and you don't know my age is because black don't crack baby (laughs) (laughs) on that note thank you all rob davis mitzi hunter and jerry agar Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.